0: What's up everybody, what's up, what's happening, what's good, you're tuned to the Sports Spotlight Podcast, I'm your host Gary Singh, I'm welcomed by a good friend of mine again, co-host Jordan Lattimore, how you doing today Jordan?
1: I'm doing spectacular Gary, I'm so so excited for our guest today man.
0: Yeah so you hit it right on the head for me, we have a very special guest today, Kings MC, Kings all around guy, you see him everywhere when the Kings, right when you hear it, you'll hop into the arena you're going to see Mr. Scott Fresh Hour all day and all along, how you doing today Scott?
2: Hey, I'm doing really good man how are you guys
0: good good we're excited to have you on that's for sure I'm excited to be here man thank you thank you well let's start it off first we want to you know we want our listeners and our audience to let them know first that we have a Sacramento State alumni here today we don't have no one random we have our own fresh and <laughs> blood hornet blood stingers up and you know we want to you know we want you to let them know first uh, what do you do how long you've been doing it and like the um, yeah, how'd you really get to your how'd you get to the point you are today
2: Well, it's a it's a beautiful journey, and it does start at Sac State, uh, and I am a proud uh, Hornet alum. Uh, When I was growing up in high school, uh, I was like an art nerd. I did all the art classes, I did all the advanced placement art courses. Like, I was gung ho on going into like graphic design and doing that kind of stuff. Uh, At the same time, the Kings were like the greatest thing on the face of the earth. So I was like, I'm gonna go to college close so I can go to Kings games. Uh, And then I remember seeing on the King's website back in like 2001 that there was a graphic design internship. And I was like, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to Sac State, get a graphic design internship. I'm going to go work for the Kings. Um, So I I got to Sac State, uh, and I switched to communications. Um, The art program, what was great, but I was kind of like craving something different, man. So I chose communications. uh, And I remember I was at a baseball game, uh, over at Hornet, State, Hornet Stadium, is that what it's called? The the baseball stadium? Or
0: they named yeah, it as it it a coach now. Yeah, it's called John Smith Stadium. Yep. That's John right. Smith John Smith,
2: Smith was a coach when I was there. Back <laughs> then we didn't call it that, but now that's what it was. And I remember I was there with just a couple of buddies, and we were just being loud, annoying 18-year-olds, uh, kind of heckling the outfield. And a guy in a Sac State polo walked over and was like, Hey, uh, hey, guys. And I was like, Ah, shoot, I'm getting kicked out of a baseball game. What's going on, man? Uh, and he actually was like, dude, I really like your enthusiasm. Would you like to be an intern in the sports marketing department? Uh, that guy's name was Damon Dukakis. And uh, he's not with Sac State anymore, but now he's with UCLA Athletics. Uh, so I worked with Damon for about six months. And then they hired a new guy named Adam Primus, who's still there. He's still there in the athletic department over at Sac State. And uh, I love that guy because he literally let me do almost anything I wanted to. He he said, "Hey, we, we got to come up with a promotion for Steve's Pizza," which I don't even know if Steve's Pizza's around anymore. But uh, I would come up with contests, and I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, I'll just copy exactly what I see at the King's Games." So like my college career uh, was full of athletics because at the end of that one-year internship with uh, Sac State, uh, my current boss, Mo Brazelton, called up and said, hey, is there anybody over there that wants to be an intern with the Kings? And I was like, me? So like, for me in college, it was class and then a sporting event. And so I continued my internship, too, at Sac State. So it was like Monday night, volleyball. Tuesday night, Kings versus Wizard. Thursday night, women's basketball. Uh, Friday night, uh, Kings versus Spurs. like. I didn't have that typical college, like, quote-unquote, like, party life. Uh, I was all about I was about, all about working and learning and, and, and kind of getting into this sports industry. So that's kind of how I ended up where I am.
0: <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. I know Mr. Broussard, too. I know one of my coaches actually know him because I used to coach somewhere. And that's, and you're talking to non-party guys, too. I got three jobs myself, and, you know, one of them, as you know, is working for the Kings and going to school. So we're on the same type as you.
2: Stuff, man, I like that. Yeah, I think a lot of kids in college don't realize, man. If you have like internships on your resume or, or showing that you're like trying to get into that field, man, you're gonna you're gonna look a lot better than you know anybody else that doesn't have that stuff. Exactly, Especially when exactly. you're trying to get into some of these like more competitive fields, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah. So Scott, I mean, it sounds like you didn't really you didn't really know what you were going to do until the opportunities really presented themselves for you. Can you like talk about like how? some opportunities to do new things um, kind of have manifested for you early on in your college experience and how that kind of stuff has played such a pivotal role you know going forward and looking at how your career kind of has unfolded so far
2: Uh, that's a great question man Um, like I said art was my was my main focus growing up Um, for example like if I was to paint something on the wall right now I would hope that you guys would be able to interpret my, my message, my emotions, what I'm feeling, right? Like that's what you're supposed to do. That's what the artist hopes that somebody will see. So what I found when working in the NBA and creating and producing a lot of the entertainment that goes along with it is it's just like art. I'm able to create something and there is an emotional response to it, except I get to see the emotional response and I get to hear the emotional response because it's happening live in front of everybody. That's one of the reasons I was drawn towards the kind of live entertainment and stuff. But really, at that time when when Damon kind of poked me on the shoulder and asked me if I wanted an internship working in sports in at least the capacity that I am at now was I I had no I have I could not fathom that there was an opportunity that existed like this. I thought people that worked at the Kings were security, the coaches and the players. I didn't know that there was like a full-time like crew behind. So when this opportunity was presented to me, it was an immediate yes. Uh, and I'm not like that most most of my life I usually am a little bit more diligent with my choices but with him it was almost a no-brainer I really surrendered to the moment and I went with it Uh, and likewise you know I entered the Sac State internship with uh, a group of four or five others Um, and I kind of outlasted most of them because you know Christmas break would roll around Thanksgiving break and They weren't available to work that volleyball game. They weren't available to work that basketball game. But I was like, I am. I'll do it. Mm -hmm. I I took advantage of every opportunity that was given to me, uh, whereas others were like, nah, you know, I'm going to go home this weekend. I'm going to do my thing. Um, I really just kept saying yes to opportunities. And I mean, it's been an incredible journey because it basically went from intern at Sac State to intern at the Kings to... uh, being a mascot assistant with Slamson, to becoming an event coordinator, to then a stage manager, to then a producer, and then to a creative director of entertainment, and it's been an incredible journey of just kind of just being open and available and and putting that opportunity first because a lot of people a lot of people don't realize how much hard work it is to to get what you want out of life, um, and so. Uh, the best thing I could say is, is you've got to be ready to work harder than everybody. you got to do a little bit extra than everybody. And uh, my key to success is treat everybody kindly on the, on the journey, dude.
0: I think that's why I respected about you the most. The first time I ever met you, I think probably a few times, and you always, you know, it seemed like you're really nice to anyone. You know, me walking around the arena, I seen you, like, treat everyone the same. And like you mentioned, I think there's a big point I think people don't understand sometimes. There's steps and there's a ladder to success. You know, you can't just become the King's MC off the street out of nowhere. You know, you named all the jobs that you have had previously before yeah. getting to where you are. So, like you mind first of all i didn't even ask you first where are you from first i, I, I thought maybe i thought you're from sacramento but it sounds like you're not from sacramento so where are you from and then uh like uh when how long have you been the mc force and so when you got that first call to be the mc like how how great was that and then how has the journey changed i'm assuming you're way different and growing way more since day one to where you are now
2: absolutely right i grew up um uh, a little bit outside of redding california which is about three hours north of here i grew up in a really small little town dude like 60,000 people so coming to Sacramento was like moving to New York City for me I was like wow freeways wow a mall with two (laughs) stories like this was like the craziest city Mm -hmm. in the world Um, (laughs) uh, but yes um, I started emceeing maybe three or four years into my journey with the king so I had a full-time job behind the scenes and then in front of the scenes I was the announcer and really that was only like 15 20 percent of my job was the announcing a lot of it was kind of the creative and The building and producing of the shows, which you guys know includes, you know, videos, intros, dance teams, mascots, pyro, all, all the other fun stuff. Um, but I remember that Big Mike was Big Mike was the MC before me, and Big Mike to me was a le- was a legend, man. And he would do this fourth quarter pump up. And if you're listening to this, you probably weren't alive when this was going down because this was almost 20 years ago. Uh, but Dude, he would—he—he he was pretty much the first NBA MC in the league, and I never had any intention of like having that job. I like doing the behind-the-scenes stuff, um, but his contract ended, and they weren't going to renew it. And so, what the Kings were doing was trying out different MCs. Like they were trying out like people from Good Day Sacramento, and then like one game it would be somebody uh, from the radio. And so they were trying everybody out. Uh, and then like, nothing was really kind of clicking. And then I remember my boss at the time was like, well, how, how would you say it, dude? And I was like, well, I'd say it like this. It's time for the half court shot. And he goes, OK, cool, you're going to do it next game. And I was like, what? with Me? <laughs> and I, I, dude, I, it felt so natural. I wasn't nervous. I just went out there and had fun, man. And my mom was there at the game, so I actually have a picture of the very first game I emceed. But yeah, I mean, it's been an adventure ever since then. So I'd say. Uh, 12 years of emceeing at this point
0: man that's crazy that wow. is crazy
1: wow I mean talk about a moment I mean some guy just like kind of throwing you out on the court in front of all those people at halftime I mean I I kind of this kind of leads into my question a little bit I mean when you're when you're kind of putting those kind of positions to perform and to do things at such a big and grand stage I mean some people I mean I'd be nervous <laughs> I'll be the first one to tell you I'd be scared of doing something like that Um, what advice would you give to people who may be, you know, a little bit hesitant or a little bit worrisome of, of doing things that are so big and grand like that and requires such an expressive, you know, kind of personality
2: and a kind of voice, like how your job kind of does. Sure. Well, I I mean, I think the one thing that you can't fake is your authenticity. So the first thing I said to myself before I ever got an opportunity was, dude, I'm going to be the same guy uh, you know, walking down J street that I am going to be at center court. Like there's not going to be any difference. I'm going to turn the volume up a little bit on how loud I speak or how, you know, how I move around and posture and stuff. But I was always like, I'm just going to be the same exact guy. I'm not going to play a character because you know, people can smell that a mile away, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, authenticity is, is a real thing. And so that was always been kind of the number one thing of my kind of my values as like, it's, it's going to be me on and off the court um i also i'm afraid to admit this i grew up a big professional wrestling fan uh and i like obsessed still to this day my friends uh, but like when i was growing up it was stone cold it was the rock it was chris jericho it was dude it was these larger than life people so like I was like, oh, I always remember hearing things, you know, wrestlers saying, well, you know, Vince McMahon, just, you know, the best characters are just yourself turned up to like 11 to the highest volume you can go. I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And so, like, I mean, there's times when I'm not on that court, man, I'm just pretending in my head that I'm The Rock or Chris Jericho or any of the other great guys on the microphone in the world of professional wrestling. So, yeah, I mean, how do you prepare yourself to get out onto those big stages? It, it literally takes 100% of your being. You, I mean, you're literally expelling every bed of energy. You're really just exposing your soul to the entire world. And so it is it's a, it is intense. It's really hard to sleep after games because your energy is so hyped up. Um, but, yeah, it, it takes full dedication because, again, if I'm not giving 100%, People can say that I'm not really trying. I'm not being authentically me. So authenticity is really the key, I think, to like succeeding if you want something on camera.
0: Man, Scott, that's funny that you mentioned so many WWE people because literally you're talking to a super fan as a kid for so long. And I kind of tailored off it now, but I still like, now like you saying that, now I could totally see like how you like, the way you react to say it, Now I could tell like, okay, he actually is trying to be the rock or Stone Cold because a lot of stuff you kind of do is kind of mimicking them. So it's kind of cool well, to dude, actually get that little insight stuff now, to be honest.
2: Yeah, dude. And my newest one is, is the Kofi Kingston. I don't know if any of you guys still watch wrestling, yeah, but the New Day. And Kofi Kingston would always be like, we are the New Day, baby. Baby. and so like I do that all the time who's ready for some Kings basketball baby
0: like, yeah, it, there you go.
2: Chris Jericho in there too so if you like if you don't like pro wrestling I'm really sorry that I went on this pro wrestling tangent
0: and <laughs> now nah, you're all good I like how you switch lanes <laughs> a little bit on it's a little different insight but another question I have for you was we got to get the story the story Scott so let us know what's been the coolest story you've had being an MC so far half core shots or what Ooh.
2: <laughs> Oh, you know what, man? I mean, there's been some really powerful moments when we've um, had soldiers returning and surprising their families. Those are probably the hardest things that I've had to MC because it's so emotional and it's happening live and you don't wanna mess that up because the family hasn't seen their their dad or mom for 16 months and like, I don't wanna be the one that messes that up, but I'm usually the one that announces those things. So those are usually very, very special. Oh, this is gonna be bad. But if you Google me, if you type in Scott Freshour, or no, not even me. Just type in uh, Kevin Hart versus Usain Bolt All Star Race. That was the first NBA All Star I ever announced, and it was like a skit between me, Kevin Hart, and Usain Bolt, where like they ran sprints up and down the court. You can you can look it up on YouTube. But okay, I, I'm not trying to be braggadocious at any by any point. But the biggest coolest thing that I've ever gotten to do was. Um, Gosh, it, it must have been almost 13, 12, uh, I, it's been a long time. Uh, but by the very first big project I got to do was I got to MC for USA Basketball. And this was the, this I believe this was LeBron's first USA B team. And so, like, and that was the team with, like, Durant and uh, Kobe and all these, like, major names. And so I got to go to D.C. and I got to watch the USA team score. I got to do the watch, I got to work, the, the USA team versus Brazil. And dude, Barack Obama was in the front row with Michelle, bro. And man, when I tell you, I can count on my fingers how many times I've gotten nervous, like maybe three times. My kneecaps were shaking, bro. When I saw the President of the United States sitting right there, that to me was the craziest thing I ever did. OK, and quick story, quick tangent. They put him on Kiss Cam with Michelle. And he was like, nah, I don't want to do it. And the crowd like booed. And so they went back, you know, the game kept going. And Barack Obama sent uh, a Secret Service agent over to the director of the game and said, hey, you know, Barack wants to do that one more time and, and kiss Michelle this time. And so at the next time out, they did Kiss Cam again. And he planted one on Michelle, bro. And it was like a standing ovation, man. It was one of the coolest things ever, dude
0: that's a cool story yeah like I don't know I don't know how to talk about after that that was literally stories I didn't even think that you like you know talk about those opportunities like you know I know I've seen too like, you've been an all-star games you know like I didn't even know USA basketball like you know those are really cool moments you know you get to be around some you know I'm a big basketball fan I'm assuming you are too like yeah. uh, like, be, be, like great legends right you just named off the bat like what is it like to be in those people's presence and like you know be you know like you said working not just, just sitting there on side joe you're working that stuff so like how does that how does that honor you how does that feel like you know speak on that a little bit maybe some other moments like that kind yeah, of yeah
2: if if i thought that they were paying attention to what was happening happening during the timeouts i'd probably be a lot more nervous right like mm-hmm. okay I, like if lebron and anthony davis and De'Aaron and buddy and all those guys were just watching me, I'd probably be a little bit nervous. So I know that they're not, they can hear me in the background. So I'm not like nervous about like being around those, uh, you know, those big kind of NBA stars. Um, I've been super lucky though to, I, I think, seven NBA All Star games, um, USA basketball three times, WNBA All Stars. So I got to do, I've gotten to do a lot of cool stuff, man. And, you know, in those moments with those like big bright lights on, um, I've almost had to, like, switch my mind off into, like, automatic mode because, I mean, Bill Russell sitting right there next to Beyonce and Jay-Z and all these people, and, like, I almost have to, like, turn the brain off so I don't, like, get so excited. But it is incredible to be around, you know, like, all these legends of the game. I was, I was just thinking earlier today on a bike ride, of, like, I've literally, you know, been within close proximity or met, you know, the top 50 best basketball players of all time, like Hall of Famers, like I've been really, really lucky to kind of interact with those kind of guys. But I also, you know, I respect I respect that everyone wants to meet them, and so I, I don't really kind of like force myself into conversations. But if it happens, you know, organically, I will, because uh, I know everybody on planet Earth wants to say hi to those kind of people. So.
0: I'm the same I mean, way. I feel you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's one yeah. of. The, I mean, just touching back on that, like, how surreal is that? Just to know, I mean, where you come from, you know, Reading, small town, no malls, no freeways, right? And then you you go on this journey, and now you're, you know, you're, at one point you're sitting a little, like, kind of a close proximity to Beyonce and stuff. Like, how surreal is it really to be within the presence of this uh, of the NBA community? And you know what I mean? Like, does it? Do you ever like think back to
2: like how far you've come as a person? Only recently have I have I really been a little bit more contemplative. I think I think COVID has has made it. I think COVID has made it. Uh, I, I got pretty basically a year to kind of sit with my thoughts and to kind of really dissect who I am. And you know, as an adult, there's not many times in your life where you can get an entire year off to kind of sit with your thoughts. Um, personally, I, I'm really into mindfulness. Uh, I'm really interested in existentialism, meditation, yoga. I'm I'm really into this kind of interesting stuff. And so. Within the last six months, I've become a much more present person, and I kind of kick myself a little bit that I wasn't as present in those moments. Uh, I was nervous at NBA All-Star Games, but I'm so focused on the job that I'm not really letting myself have fun. And now that I've kind of had this time to do this self-work, I am able to be present in the moment. And... I wish that, you know, that that I could have had this mindset on those opportunities because I bet you I would have enjoyed them a little bit more. So, you know, guaranteed the next opportunity I get, it's probably going to be the most special one just because I, I have this ability now to, to be present and to truly appreciate the moment that's unfolding in front of you. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 I can't wait for the next adventure.
0: That's cool to hear. That's cool to hear. I kind of want to switch lanes to, like, more like, let's help some people out real quick because, you know, there's thirty, there's thirty NBA teams, and literally every single person can't be at these events. Like I'm assuming every place has an MC. So how did you set yourself apart to you know get these opportunities, and how did you find your niche? And you know how does someone you know get your position? How someone develop a voice maybe like that? You know like I know you say it's natural, but like I'm assuming some things you had to tweak just to be on the live stage. So you know you know what's your niche? How do you, you know develop that niche? And how do you what would you give advice to you know developing a voice for that type of job?
2: Yeah. Again, authenticity is number one, and learning how to turn that authenticity up to, you know, fifth, volume fifteen. But I think a lot more of it actually has to do, you know, when the camera is off. Um, you know, treating everybody you encounter with respect, uh, expressing your gratitude as your journey progresses. You know, asking for opportunities, and then being ready when those opportunities are being presented to you. But really, if, if there's one thing that I can offer anybody advice in getting into this world, is be yourself authentically. I guess there's two things. And man, just just be true to yourself. Be, be nice to people. Um, you know, entertainment industry is. You know, everyone knows it's kind of a little bit cutthroat. Even you know, even on the NBA side, from time to time. Um, you just have to stay true to yourself. You have to be kind along the way. You know, it, it's so funny that, like, you know, we all have friends who who make it, you know, quote unquote, make it to where they want to be, uh, and they, you know, they get kind of cocky, they get arrogant, they do the, you know, they think that they've made it, you know, they're big time, uh, but really, you know, the journey is never ending. You're always going to be growing. You're always going to be going to that next spot, and so just i really i really can't express you know wear your heart on your shoulder be kind uh and, and just be thankful along the way that that's that's the biggest piece of advice that i would be and, and then from a talent perspective dude there are all kinds of opportunities for announcers man it's it, it's like people want to start at the very top you have to start small man you know if you're in the sacramento area. Uh, plenty of opportunities to announce man like you could you can go on the internet and find looking for an announcer like the Rivercats uh Stockton Kings uh Sac State Sac City like there are opportunities for these kind of things and you know you know people will keep eye on those teams as well and say oh I, I saw that kid was doing pretty good over there so You know, take advantage of any opportunity, even if it's working at the zoo and you're like talking about the meerkats, man, do it with 100% of your life because you never know who's gonna be walking by you and going, hey, if you can make meerkats exciting, I bet you can make this exciting. You know what I mean? Like, always always be ready. Always be ready for those opportunities. That was the longest, weirdest-winded
0: answer of all time i'm sorry no you're having we're having a fun time i know jordan is too so thank (laughs)
1: you i'm having a blast man so uh just going back even more on on you know giving advice to people and kind of showing people the path to get to where you are i mean again again like how you said it the entertainment industry it's it's a cutthroat business right um you know it's it's very a lot of a lot of judgment goes into it um could you maybe like expand on or touch on having like the confidence in yourself and having belief in yourself to really get things you know done because I feel, I feel like there's some people that may have the talent they may have the work ethic and you know they but they just don't trust themselves really to to go through with the process so could you just kind of talk about um believing in yourself and having confidence in yourself to get things done and um you know put yourself out there
0: or they get a thousand no's really <laughs> <laughs> and then you know yeah, that you that's you what sets you apart those Yeah, you know, for
2: yeah sure. <laughs> um Man, that's a that's a deep question, and I like deep questions, dude. Um, really pushing yourself out of your comfort zone would be what I would say if you're if you're trying to chase a dream or to work, you know, you're working hard at something. Uh, but it's not quite working you have to literally be able to go outside of your comfort zone the most cliche thing I could say right go out of your mm-hmm. comfort zone but really there are ways to practice getting out of your comfort zone and I'm gonna go total hippie on y'all because that's one of the benefits of yoga um, You guys might laugh but you know yoga no, is I an do ancient, yoga for yeah an ancient practice has been around since the dawn of civilization and really, You know, holding some of those more difficult poses might seem silly, but really what you're doing is you're training yourself to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. And really, I've only kind of learned that. I've been able to put that into words only more recently. Um, So like when you're holding one of these hard poses, your mind just wants to quit. You're okay, you're done. Right? Or, or, Or any sport for that. If you're running, whatever. When your mind starts going, it's time to quit, that's when you you know you have a lot more that you need to do, right? And that, that goes for any project, even, you know, when I'm in the office coming up with creative stuff, you know, we, we always kind of want to just kind of, okay, we did it, right? If you really want to excel, if you really want to take it to that next level, man, you have to push, push, push your place, yourself into uncomfortable situations where you have to be, you know, super... You know, super outgoing or, or you really have to put yourself out there on a limb. And the more comfortable you get putting yourself into those kind of situations, the more success you'll see in your life, because a lot of people will stop at Stop at this point. You have to be willing to go just a little bit further and whatever that means for whatever industry you're in.
0: That's some great advice to give, I think, Scott. Especially people who are kind of like sometimes, like you said, a little stuck and need some more Need to reach deeper into themselves. To, you know, untap something they've been really trying to get. So I know I appreciate that advice. A uh, last question here. I would be reminiscent if I didn't ask you about our Sacramento Kings. I mean, what do you think we need to do? We're on a five-game win streak, you know? You know, I know you guys stay positive like me, too optimistic as possible, but what do you think we need to do? And what do you think we need to do for this team, you know, to get into the playoffs? Because you've been here since they've been in the playoffs. So what can we do, my guy?
2: Well, man, look, I'm I'm like you. I'm the optimist, dude. I am so hyped on De'Aaron Fox. I am so hyped on Tyrese Halliburton. I'm super hyped to see Marvin Bagley doing really well recently, like, it's it's literally like i feel like this is like the group we have a group man and uh they're just young and and, and again it just takes reps man you have to learn you have to you know it's, it's very spiritual man you have to know the bad to know the good right and so like we yeah we've been struggling for a little bit man but The struggle is going to pay off, man, in a very, very good way, dude. That's just how the universe works. We've been bad for this long. We're about to be good for that long. I'm putting that out in the world. I'm manifesting it.
0: Boom. There you go. That's what I wanted to hear. (laughs) Well, thank you, uh, Scott Fresh. You know, it's Fresh Hour, excuse me, Scott Fresh Hour. I'm used to calling you Scott Fresh because I always introduce you at the game as. Yeah, there you go. But thank you again. We know I know I appreciate you coming. I know Jordan does too. Sacramento State alumni, proud alumnus, and you know, can't wait to talk to you soon. Thank you again.
2: Yeah, man. Happy to do this again, dude. You guys are awesome.